Um, and, and as I was beginning, I had to be thinking, and the title is Unwrapping Christmas, and you see the terms hope and love there, and I'll come to those things in a, in a little bit. Um, but I, I was thinking about my earliest memories of Christmas. And when you do that, how far back do your thoughts go? And I hope they go to lovely, warm, cozy, fuzzy places. I remember, I must have been about five or six, um, we moved from the centre of London to a little north of London, um, and so I think I remember the home I was in, and I remember sitting in a piano in my parents' house, um, and we would go to service twice a day, and we'd come home, and I would always try and pick out on the piano the songs, generally they were hymns um, that we'd play, that's how I learned to play, and listen in church and try and pick it out on the piano. And if I told you that that piano had an inscription on it, uh, that this terrible child did, that he'd taken a nail, and he'd scrawled the name of this pop star on his parents' My parents didn't have a lot of money, but they thought that the piano was important for all of our sisters to be able to play and give me a chance to play piano. And I found the name a pop star into their piano. I know you can say which one. So I'm going to give you three choices. So, so do you think it was Ray because I love Ray Charles? Who thinks it was Ray because I love Ray Charles? Raise your hands. Who thinks it was Stevie because I love Stevie Wonder? Raise your hands. Who thinks it was Donnie because I love Donnie Austin? Raise your hands. Who would, who would put out lists for Santa next 
galaxies, and it reminds me of the glory of God in heaven. And I'm not necessarily talking about those elaborate Lawton displays that, 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 that take over your whole lawn and, and don't necessarily remind you of the stars and the peacefulness of the night sky, the, the garish and colorful, but beautiful and fun nevertheless. But sometimes I think that's why I put Christmas lights on the tree, so our lights are just white lights, they're not the multicolored lights that we used to have when we were kids. Um, but again, it reminds me of something to do with Christmas. And, and then when you get inside, here's another thing that Christmas uh, is about. Who can see what's on that? What's on that? Snowflakes. And sometimes we associate Christmas with snow, right? Who, who comes from a part of the country where it's, it's always snowing at Christmas? Who's never experienced a white Christmas? You see, and so, and so if, if Christmas was about just snowflakes and snow, then some of us would be perpetually disappointed. I think it may have snowed once in my life on Christmas Day. Do you remember that? I don't even remember whether it did or not. And so if Christmas was just about the snowflakes, then that would be problematic. And so we've got to, we've got to dig in here and see what we find next. And my graphic was an expert, and there was no tech rehearsal, so this may or may not work. What did we find inside? We find a Christmas tree. And so sometimes Christmas is about the Christmas tree on which the lights go. And I feel terrible each year buying a tree. We have a fake tree that we put up, but sometimes the beauty of a natural tree is just so extraordinary. There's something about God's nature that, that I'm reminded of, even though it's this, this tree that is effectively dying in my house. <laughs> because there's the scent and the aroma of, of nature. And there's the beauty of nature, and if you decorate it well, it reminds you of nature and the light and glory of the heavens are in your house and so you don't turn the lights on as much and you, you do more by the light of the Christmas tree, right? And then if you go past the Christmas tree, I wonder what we find next. See what we do at Christmas. Try to wrap it so that it will open. Sometimes, for everybody, Christmas is just, is just this. What does that say for those who are close? That's all it is. And we could say happy holidays, and sometimes Christmas is this non-specific holiday. More than Santa, more than Father Christmas, more than presents. It's just a holiday, it's just a time off. And of course we enjoy the rest. Who doesn't enjoy the rest? I hope you all get a time off, some time off, and some time to rest and, and recoup and regather and refresh and plan maybe even for the new day that's coming. But Christmas is more than a holiday, but somehow bound up in the Christmas season is still this aspect of rest. It's weird that all of this is in one thing. Um, and I wonder what happens when we get past the concept that it's just a holiday. We find some words on here. Can anyone see what those words are? Merry Christmas. Joy to the world. Peace on earth. Isn't that extraordinary? And when you keep digging into Christmas, you find those things in there somewhere. You find the concept of joy to the world and peace on earth. And next week, Ben is going to speak about those things, joy and peace. But when you dig further and you come to the real Christmas story, what do you get? Is the real Christmas story glitzy? Isn't it a little bland? Isn't the real Christmas story a little bland, a little badly wrapped? Because you think about what it is, there's a pregnant woman who isn't married. Nothing glitzy about that. There's a long journey to Bethlehem. Not in first class, 
Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. That's what Christmas is all about. You see, when we get past all the paraphernalia and the flashy things and the glitzy things, the simplicity of Christmas is really as bland as this. And it takes eyes of faith to realize that when you look at the Christmas story, you're looking at something that the world finds unappealing. But when you get to Bethlehem in the manger, you find wrapped in swaddling clothes or cloths. Who knows what to swaddle? It needs to wrap tightly. Who remembers wrap a baby so tightly? Allie knows. But there was something going on in that manger, wasn't there? The manger, when you look closely enough, wasn't just all that bland and boring. There was something going on, because if you think what happened in the Christmas story, angels had showed up to Mary, right? And angels had showed up to Joseph, and angels had showed up to the shepherds, and the wise men had seen stars in the sky. And when the stars in the sky are guiding you to a place, and when the angels are telling you to go to a place, and when the angel was telling you what to call you, and when the angel was telling you 
something a little, a little more interesting than the brown paper. We find something going on in the manger. And when we draw close to the manger, we find in there, and this is my best attempt to have some swallowing cloths, wrapped up tightly in here. Those of you, I hope you can see this from the back. What are we going to find in here? What do we find? We find something. Anybody see that? You know what this is? It's a mustard seed. It's a mustard seed. And you think about that. What's going on in that manger is something so extraordinary that seems on the surface like weakness, that seems on the surface like insignificance, that seems on the surface like fragility and foolishness and powerlessness and nothing. Because there's nothing extraordinary about a mustard seed. There's nothing extraordinary about a little kid born outside of the inn because there was no room for him in the inn. But in 1 Corinthians 1, verses 27 to 29, the scripture says this. It says, God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of this world and the things which are despised. God has chosen that the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. And so you see, the answer to the world is not politics, it's not education, it's not science, it's not the best, cleverest thing that any human being can do, it's not power, it's not military might. Instead, God chooses weak, despised, frail, seemingly nothing things to confound the wisdom of the world. And that's the faith that we all profess in. That's the faith that we all follow. So it's the Christmas season. It's not the, the glitzy things, the big things, the elaborate things. It's the, it's the simplicity. And what did that tiny baby represent? To Joseph, the angel said, you shall call his name Jesus, Emmanuel. God with us, for he will do what? He will save his people from their sins. This? To Mary, he will be called great, he will be called the son of the highest, and of his kingdom there will be no end. 1 John 3.8, it says that for this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Look at that, when you draw near to this manger and you, and, you, and you get past the plainness and the blindness of the outside and you lean in and you look and see what's going on in there, you realize that God's packed into this moment into his son, the end to us. Freedom, we sing about freedom at the highest tempo I think we've sung in this place ever, which was great. It's more of that. Who likes up tempo stuff? Thank you. Who's <laughs> more like
seemingly insignificant thing that was the baby born in the manger. When we unwrap Christmas, we find love. The love of God is at the heart of Christmas. When you get past all the other things, I hope that you find the love of God at the heart of Christmas. God's gift of love to save us. God's gift of love to model love for us. You see, God gives love not just because we're in need of love, but because he wants to show us what love looks like. When the scripture tells us, no greater love has anyone, any man or any woman, than to lay your life down to your friends, God's modeling for us love's high bar. But God also shows us that his love is generous in giving. God's love is forgiving, so we forgive. God's love isn't selfish, so he calls us to not be selfish. God's love is given with kindness and compassion. God's love is a love that serves, and so he calls us to, with kindness and compassion, serve others. God's love doesn't give up, but persists. God sees and wants and desires the best outcome. 